Thanks, Tracy. You are back on Faith FM. This is The Breakfast Show, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. You are here with Mon and Mon because I don't know where Lyle went. <laughs> he has stepped out of the studio and has not made it back in time for the news to finish. We do just want to apologise, by the way. We've had the same news play uh, four times now, I think it is. We are having some technical difficulties. I don't even know what that means these days, but... <laughs> We are having them, and so we have been unable to get hold of Tracy Weir and her team's uh, new news segment, so we have been replaying the same uh, piece of news over and over again, but we hope it has been informative and uh, it's getting stuck on your mind so you can have great conversations coming up in the weekend because you've memorized the news. That's how many times you've heard it. We, of course, want to send out a big congratulations because our quiz has been snapped up. It has been answered. I'm going to run through all the clues again before I tell you what the answer is. But we want to say congratulations to Caleb of Elamore Vale, who has correctly answered the quiz. So it's who am I? The first one was I sent a letter to Jehoram telling him he would have a lingering disease that would cause his bowels to fall out. Number two was I rebuked King Ahaziah and told him he would die because he sent men to consult Baal Zebub, the god of Ekron. Number three was I prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain for three and a half years. The fourth clue was going to be I was one of the men that the disciples saw on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured. And the last clue was I was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. And I'm sure we all know who that is now, but Caleb did answer at first. Of course, it was Elijah. There. Oh, there you are, Lyle. You're back. Yes. You're back, yes, are you? I am. I'm back. Materialized. Don't don't pretend you weren't here. I told everyone that you weren't here. Ah, you did. <laughs> you, you, you. I dubbed you in on Love Radio. It's okay. I did that once before as well. I actually did it when you were away and we, we had like a standing co-host and I just went to the kitchen and lost track of time and suddenly I realized we were back on air and I wasn't at my seat and the poor girl, had, she lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> to do it. Believe me, I did not lose track of time this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <coughs> anyway, we were just congratulating Caleb of Elamore Vale because he snapped up the clue. The snapped quiz. it up. Well done. Yes, Congratulations. He's going to be uh, getting a Melissa Otto CD album. So good on you for getting Elijah right. It was a pretty easy one. By the time you get to the fact that he was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire, I think we all know who that is. Yeah, Not to be confused I think so. with Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of unfair of the Bible to have two names that are so close together in spelling and in pronunciation, but also they were like best mates yes. in the Bible. It's like, couldn't right. you be right. completely that's separate? Like, well, as I said at the beginning of this quiz, there's two of them, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I stopped you from talking because that kind of gives it away. Everyone knows who you're going to no. be. Yes, for no. sure. For sure. No. Yeah. For sh- anyway. Anyway, congratulations, Caleb, again. So we are here doing our 20 million movement encounter with God Bible study. I can't believe you didn't cover for me. What do you mean? I'm not going to lie to our good listeners. They deserve better than that, Lyle. <laughs> they need to know when you've you stuffed up. <laughs> you didn't need to lie. They're going to know when you cough. They're going to know when, <laughs> when you give away the quiz. They're going to know when you I sneak in, don't make it I back start to the talking desk. And it's like, well, I wasn't going anyway. <laughs> You're right, eh? All right, Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 23. What have you got for us then? Acts See, chapter 19. Whatever, whatever. Whatever. I wasn't sure where we're up to because we're we're um we're like are we still in? Yeah, we're running a little bit yeah, behind, but that's okay. We will. That's catch right. Up. There's lots of good stuff. So Acts 19 and verse 23 says. We are just a tad behind the rest of the 20 million people around the world, but that's okay. 
Yeah, we've, we've had a good time studying this out. Yeah, yeah, it's a really it. important subject. Passion. Oh, yes, we're at the riot. The riot. You, can't, you can't miss the riot. How could you, miss, oh, how could you miss the riot? Here comes the riot. Okay, I love a good riot. Have you ever been to a riot? Uh, no. Okay. We should have one sometime, maybe. Toads should organise one. I'd be down for that. <laughs> what, are we, what are we rioting against? I'm there. <laughs> no, let's not. I Look, I've been to a protest. I got a little out of hand. Okay. Um, but never to a, a full on I've riot. seen a couple of protests, sort of been a spectator on the sidelines mm-hmm. as they've gone marching past and, you know, saying their stuff and doing their thing. But yeah. Um, never actually been in the middle of the protest. Yeah, I've been, up and down. I've been to two protests. One was a silent protest where we just marched the streets. I think that was Ooh. for uh, domestic violence or something. Uh-huh. But my first protest, I, I'm, I'm horrified to tell you that I can't even remember what it was about. I'm not even sure I knew when I was there. All I remember <laughs> was that there were bubbles. <laughs> Such a naive. I think I was like only 19 or something. But there was this guy who had a, a huge bottle of dishwashing liquid and he just poured the whole thing out on the road and then rubbed his hands in it and then would create these bubbles that were like the size of five people. And so he taught me how to do it and so I spent the entire protest making bubbles. Not sure what we were protesting about, but there were bubbles. The, the bubbles were cool. <laughs> how much do I sound like Dory from Finding Nemo right now? Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the riot in Ephesus. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way, way with a capital. That's right, way with a capital, which was a name for Christianity. Oh, there you go. They were called the way... Followers of the way before they were called Christians. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I had no and it's idea. it's interesting, the, Bible, the Old Testament talks about the way. Like the way, the truth, and life. The way is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And, and, and the plan of salvation. Really? No, absolutely. Where does it say uh, that? Proverbs chapter 8. Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Proverbs 8 talks about the way. Okay. It began with Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many craftsmen busy. He called them together along with others employed in similar trade and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business. But as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't really gods at all. And he's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. At this, their anger boiled and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along uh, Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in too, but the believers wouldn't let him. Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul's, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most this is, this is a protest the, where they have no idea. This is the protest like you went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. No one's got any idea what's going on. <laughs> no idea. And someone's let's, in the corner let, going, "Let's have a riot. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a riot. This will be fun. <laughs> we don't know what it's about, but this will be fun." Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed <laughs> Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He motioned for silence and tried to speak. But when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours great is Artemis of the Ephesians great is Artemis of the Ephesians at last the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak 
Citizens of Ephesus, he said. Everyone who knows, everyone knows that Ephesus is. I wonder a, whether he was able to quiet them down or whether they quieted down because they exhausted their voices, themselves. Yeah, exhausted two hours themselves. of chanting. Oh man, you'd be in a state. <laughs> everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. You're right. Since this was an undeniable fact, you can stay calm and not do anything rash. You have been brought you have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I am afraid we are in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government, since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them and they dispersed. Now that dooly. sounds like fun, doesn't it? I, I kind of wish I'd been a fly on a wall. <laughs> Just to watch this one? I feel like we still have this kind of behavior. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean I mean just I mean obviously this guy, this Demetrius, he was upset because he was losing business. Yes. Um and then, you know, start to write, which is it's, it's, it's too bad. Like, that's how business rolls. Businesses keep moving. Businesses shut down. Businesses take over. Businesses adapt. Businesses, that's uh, that's you know, it. change their... And we had, we just earlier this year, we had um, the whole taxis rioting and, and protesting at Melbourne Airport because Uber was taking over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, do you know what? You don't really have a right to say... It's illegal not for in a, not competition in a to exist. Not in a capitalist uh, yeah. system. Yeah. To, to, to try and make it law. And Rome was a capitalist system. Yeah. To try and make it law that um, a, a rival business can't be successful is crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I feel like this is a little bit what's happening here. He's not at all concerned about Artemis and you know her name being smeared. He's concerned about his pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, let's, let's, let's um, look at, at, at this a little bit more closely. Mm-hmm. First of all, the mere fact that Demetrius is – Upset mm-hmm. shows the impact of that Paul was making on that yeah, city, which is amazing. This is not just a small movement. This mm-hmm. is not you know a few hundred people. This is thousands and thousands of people who are giving their lives to God. Amen. Now, the other thing we need to consider is that Demetrius was um, building things for the tourist trade. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So, of course, everybody who lives in Ephesus, they have their own statue of Artemis. They don't need to be going and buying these from the silversmiths. Um, He's catering to tourists Mm -hmm. who are coming there to see the greatest temple in the ancient world, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the Temple of Ephesus, and it was one of the seven wonders of the world. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was was, um, absolutely spectacular. It was the third... Uh, temple that they had in Ephesus, archaeologists have discovered. Mm-hmm. It took them a long time to discover this temple, and they finally found the foundations of it under about thirty feet or thirty, yeah, th- about thirty feet of mud um, outside the city of Ephesus. But you can go there today and, and see the foundations. Of I was just going to ask uh, you, what does it look like now? Yeah, a, a flat pile of stones, really. Ah, okay, yeah, nothing left of it. Mm-hmm. It fell into disrepair. Got hit by a few earthquakes. Nobody was interested in it because Christianity had taken over. Wow. That religion had completely disappeared. But if, if he was catering to the tourists, right, yes. who were coming to get like a souvenir or a trinket, does that mean the Christians were getting hold of the tourists and, and, and witnessing to them before they even had a chance to buy their trinkets and then they were changing their mind about it? Like, This was actually the impact of the gospel worldwide. Mm-hmm. So many people in the region around Ephesus had given their lives to Jesus Christ. Christianity had become such a big religion that tourists were not buying um, silver gods anymore. Wow. 
So you think about the impact of that because the Bible says that you know he taught Paul teaches there in the school of Tyrannus, and the whole region of Asia, that's the whole of Turkey, is impacted by the gospel. Wow. So much so that it is having having an economic impact on Demetrius and the other silversmiths to the point that they are prepared to start a riot. It's not just like, you know, income is down a bit for the month. This is like our trade is actually under threat. Yeah. And, of course, they then turn that into our religion is under threat. Artemis or Diana, as she was variously known, is under threat. Our temple is under threat and we need to have some, you know, some some national pride here and some pride in our religion and, and who we are. And uh, and so he starts to write. And thank goodness this mayor seems to be a bit level-headed. Yeah, well, you can I also th- see that he'd be in a bit of hot water too. Yeah. You know, yeah, Rome's going to be on his case like, yeah, we heard about this riot. For Please two hours. explain. Shouting. Yeah. You know, why, was, why did the economy stop for a day? Why did everybody stop working for a day? Why mm-hmm. did everything come to a standstill? Mm-hmm. You know, what is going on there? Uh, is your city getting out of control? Basically. Do we need to come in there? Do we need to come in there with a legion or two or do we need to replace you because you can't control your city? So, yeah, he was in a little bit of hot water there and uh, as a result of that, um, yeah, he does make the very smart move of calming things down and he does, ta- he does take a very level-headed approach. You know, if there's, a, if there's a problem here, courts are open, take it to court. Yeah, but this is a, it's a very yeah very little head, which is great because sometimes if you read the Bible, when it comes to the the, um, the disciples and the apostles doing their missionary work, sometimes it ends in like a stoning instead. That's right. And absolutely. I feel like he could have just as easily swayed the crowd the other way and just been like, Do you know what? Let's fix this right here, right now. Get this guy Paul hunt off them with down, his head. Hunt, yeah. hunt every Christian down you can find and kill them. And it would have happened. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I think so because the crowd was definitely worked up, and you get that whole you know mob mentality. Mob mentality mm-hmm. kicks in, and people will do any kind of crazy. It's crazy. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Maybe we should rethink our riot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to riot in Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. It might give us a bit of a bad name. Bad name. Oh, it's yeah. Faith FM guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, the other thing too that we need to take into consideration is this: was it a valid? Was it a valid? Uh, um, what should I say? Was it a valid cause, cause mm-hmm. that Demetrius had? Look, I I tend to think not. I think if your business is is going under because times have changed, then you need to be creative and rethink. I know it's sad and it can be confronting, but if if people are no longer buying uh, silver statues and he should have been like, all right, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, do you know what? Let's start a riot. Yeah, okay. There's lots of things, lots of different things you can make out of silver. Yeah, exactly. Other than, You're a silversmith, for goodness sake. You can make yeah. anything out of silver. Yeah. Now, there's um, there's a lot of relevance to um, him seeing, you know, Artemis being under threat and mm-hmm. his religion being under threat because it very much was under threat to the point that the, that's a religion that no longer exists today. And I guess in that case, you he might have had like I mean I can understand that he wanted to be defensive of that. Yeah, I mean let's think about it. Let's think about it, Mon. If you you as a Christian, let's say that you saw that your religion was under threat here in Australia, Mm -hmm. and that as some people see it, Islam is about to take over. Yeah, you'd feel threatened, right? Yeah, I mean to some extent. And, And let's say that you knew the future, and you knew that say 300 years from now. Christianity would no longer exist in this country, you'd be concerned by that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd want to I'd want to try and change that course and uh and try and, you know, witness and and win some Christians and yeah, keep the and, and really this is what going. this is what's happening. This is what Demetrius is trying to do just going about it the wrong way. And but it was, you know, this is what happened in Ephesus. Christianity took such a strong hold in that city that uh, the religion of Artemis completely disappeared. Or, wow. Um, um, Good. Diana, as she was known. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned how the temple just fell into disrepair. People used the stones of it to build other things. What is interesting about the city of Ephesus is what the priests of Artemis actually did to preserve their religion. What did they do? Well, they recognized that it was disappearing, that it was being taken over by you know, that Christianity was the new religion that was going to completely dominate, and they recognized that within a certain number of years, their religion would no longer exist. And so they took a very uh, novel approach that was used widely around the Roman world at this particular period of time, where to preserve their religion, rather than just recruiting more and more people and being very evangelistic about their religion, they took their religion and they placed it right in the center of Christianity. How, how do they do that? Okay, so Artemis uh, is also known by a, a number of different names, Isis, Semiramis, Ishtar. Oh, okay. Um, Astarte. These are different names for Artemis or Diana, as, as she was called there in, in, uh, in, in Ephesus. And so in the year 431, the worship of Artemis had basically disappeared. Okay. So the priests of Artemis are like, you know what? We need to do something about this because the worship of Artemis will completely disappear. So they had a very special ceremony in the Temple of Artemis and they built a church. Wow. The Church of Mary, right next door. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they had a special service in which they transferred all of the titles of Artemis along with many of the uh, ceremonies and, uh, and, and, and aspects of worship of Artemis to the Christian church, and they renamed Artemis. They called her Mary. Goodness me. Which is the origin, well, part of the origin of Mariology today. Wow. So, she, so, the, so the religion didn't okay, actually yeah. disappear at all? No, it continues on today. And so yeah. within certain um, brands of Christianity, uh, you have basically the same, exactly the same religion just continuing on under a different form. Goodness me. And you know this is this is a tragic thing because Mary it's it, it's it's a terrible thing to the memory of Mary. Mary was a righteous woman. She was the mother of Jesus. Yeah, she would not have approved of this at all. No, she would have been horrified if mm-hmm. this had taken place. She'd be horrified if people were worshiping her. Uh, but this is what happened because what they had to do was they had to find because Artemis was a female god. They had to find a female within Christianity that could be an equivalent. And so because Mary had given birth to Jesus Christ and you know Artemis had the title Mother of God, then they transferred that title to Mary. Um, Artemis was also called the Queen of Heaven. So then they claimed that you know, Mary had ascended into heaven and transferred that title to Mary. Um, and and, and you know, along with, a, you know, say, for instance, Artemis's annual festival. Yeah. Uh, because Artemis was also known as Ishtar, and Ishtar's festival takes place at Ishtar, Ishtar. Oh, to this snaps. day, okay, yeah, you know, and Easter follows the cycle of the uh, of the moon and varies by up to six weeks because the moon was a f- symbol of the sacred feminine, mm-hmm. um, a woman having a monthly cycle. The moon having a monthly cycle. They saw that, you know, and you will find that Mary is typically depicted in association with the moon. 
Okay, yeah. You'll, wherever you go, you'll, you'll see photos, you'll see paintings, you'll see, uh, not photos, but paintings and, and statues of Mary standing on the moon. Um, and this all comes from, you know, the, the, the worship of, uh, of the sacred feminine. Um, and, of course, the ancient Artemis had fallen pregnant out of wedlock, wedlock and claimed immaculate conception. Oh, okay. That the sun god had impregnated her and that the son that she gave birth to, Tammuz, was the son of the sun. And, of course, this goes back all the way to ancient Babylon. That son, Tammuz, died in a hunting accident. She mourned for him for 40 days, which was followed by her festival. So you've got 40 days of Lent leading up to Ishtar's festival, which is full of fertility symbols. But anyway, we'll come back and talk more about that. This is Matt Maher. You are my joy You are my song You are the way The one I'm drawing from You are my refuge My whole life long Where else would I go? Surely my God is the strength of my soul your love defends me Your love defends me And when I feel like I'm all alone Your love defends me Your love defends me Yeah Day after day after night I will remember you with me in this fight although the battle it rages oh no war is already won I know the war is already won surely Yeah. 
Back. That was Matt Mayher with Your Love Defends Me here on Faith FM. Beautiful song. Absolutely. Now, we were talking, of course, before the break about Artemis and how the, the religion of Artemis continues. Mm-hmm. And there are certain aspects that, you know, we need to be very aware of because, you know, there are those who would argue that the sacrifice of Mary was just as great as the sacrifice of Jesus. Nope. And that the... Uh, mediation of Mary is just as effective as the mediation of Jesus. And I've seen, you know, even a statue where you've got a, you know, a statue of a cross, your typical crucifix with Jesus hanging on one side and Mary hanging on the other. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's called that the. Sounds co- a little sacrilegious. It's called the co redemptrix. Co redeemer. Oh. No, no, that doesn't. And the Bible says there is only one redeemer. There is only one redeemer. And yeah. His name is Jesus Christ. There is only one person who gave his life as a sacrifice for you and I, and that was Jesus Christ. So this is an attempt that goes all the way back to to Demetrius. Yeah, to the year four thirty one. Well, trying yeah, Demetrius keep, trying to keep the religion going, um, trying to keep it relevant. That fails, yeah. and so they take the religion. They they Blended. implant it within the center of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the year 431, they have that uh, that whole ceremony where it's transferred across. You go to Ephesus today, and Ephesus advertises itself as the place where the two great religious movements came together. Uh oh. And uh, of course, they're talking about the pagan past and the and, and the Christian present. And the, you know, their the, 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 the tourism logo from some years back was "Let's meet in the place where the world religions met," and it has a statue of Mary beside a statue of Artemis. The two of them side by side. Wow. It's interesting if you go to the chapel that is there today, you have the um, a, a chapel there to, to Mary, and if you go into that chapel, the, you know you get your typical statue of Mary, um, a uh, made out of black stone, and beside that, of course, on a small table, you have a, a small table there with a sacred book on it. Guess what book is on that table? Please don't tell me it's something sacrilegious. It is the Quran. Oh, really? Hmm. What? Because um, Mary is mentioned, you know, probably more in the Quran than in the Bible. Oh, really? And so, of course, there in, in, in Ephesus, they've recognized that this is a, you know, a possible uniting force between Christianity and Islam. To try to blend even more religions. Yeah. And they're like, well, we've done it in the past before. Let's Why can't do we again. do it now in the present? Of course, Turkey is an Islamic country now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, um, there's a little chapel there. It's the Christian chapel with a uh, with a copy of the Quran there, and you can read all about Mary in the Quran. So, what what can we do now? Like what, like someone like me or someone like you here in Australia? What can we do to ensure that we're still involved with true religion and not with any of this blended mumbo jumbo blasphemous? Dual crucifixionist kind of stuff. Oh, it's very simple. Just go to the Bible. Oh, yeah? You can't go wrong following the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible is and will reveal error, um, you know, wherever it might be found. And we need to be people of the book. We need to study our Bibles. We need to know our Bibles. We need to read them, our Bibles. We need to know them inside out, upside down, and back to front. We're always going to be challenged by things that we read in the Bible. We're going to be challenged by what other people say. And we need to bring it back to the acid test of God's Word. Is this biblical or is this tradition? Yeah. Now, not all traditions are wrong just because they're tradition, 
But we have to ask ourselves, is this actually against what the Bible says? The Bible says plainly we have one Redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the only one who gave his life for our sins. He is the only one that we can go to for mediation. We have one Redeemer. We have one Mediator. We don't have two. We don't have any more than that. We have just one. That's what the Bible teaches in the plainest possible language. And that's not to place any disrespect on Mary whatsoever at all. She was a godly woman. However, she was a sinner in need of grace like you and I. The grace that Mary received for salvation was grace that came from her child. You know, you think about that. It's quite a remarkable thought it when is. you think about it. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's, it's a mind-bending thought that her Savior, she gave birth to her Savior. But she needed a Savior in the same way that you and I need a Savior. And he does a the great Bible job of it. The Bible is clear on that. The Bible is, is absolutely clear on this. This is not something that is up for debate or question. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Except Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that includes Mary. That that Mary was a sinner. Plain and simple. And we, she received forgiveness of her sins. She received grace from her son, Jesus Christ. And we don't need help from Mary because Jesus does a perfect job of giving us salvation and forgiving our sins. Like why did we, why would he even need assistance with that, you know? Yeah, and it's a, and it's a good point because you know, to say that he needs assistance is to diminish Jesus mm, exactly. and to, to diminish his, his power, power to reach everybody. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've met people who would, you know, put forward the argument that, well, you know, Mary brings a mother's heart and a mother's heart is softer than a father's heart. And I would debate that. That's just a, a spurious way about talking about men. Yeah. It's a way of saying that men don't care and that it's, 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 it's very diminishing to Jesus. Absolutely it is. Uh, because it's another way of saying that Jesus doesn't care in the same way that uh, a human mother, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus who is God can't care in the same way as um, a woman who is a human can care. It's like saying he has a blind spot that he needs some help with, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what actually happened in Ephesus. So Demetrius was actually on the money. He recognized, he read the writing on the wall, and he was correct in estimating that their trade was under attack and that would it would very rapidly disappear and, and, and was being diminished by the preaching of Paul. And that is exactly what happened. It's a pity he didn't have the mentality, if you can't beat him, join him, and uh, decide to do some, you know, some, some research into Christianity yes and, no. and become a Christian. Yes and no. Mm. Uh, because... You know, some people come to that attitude with, well, if you can't beat them and join them. Constantine had that attitude and he made Christianity the state religion mm-hmm. and it didn't actually help Christianity. Yeah, I mean, he, he only did it for political reasons. He didn't have a heart conversion. That's right. It's it a pity been nice that Demetrius if, had gone, you know what, I'm going to actually look everyone, at this yeah, yeah. a little bit more deeply, discovered Jesus Christ, given and his then, heart yeah, to God, yeah. and then used his, you know, his incredible silversmith skills to make amazing things for God's glory. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I'm sure the Lord would have given him a new purpose within his skills. Oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. God God has a purpose for, um, you know, basically every skill set that there is out there, and God gave us those skills in the first place. Yeah, and that's a good thing to know. You know, if you are doing something that's outside of the Bible guidelines, so to speak, and you want to become a Christian, but you're concerned that your career path, I guess, is maybe, um, you know, doesn't quite match up, doesn't quite link up with what the Bible teaches, I I would say don't worry about it. God's going to take care of you. I've never, I have never, Never yet anyone that God hasn't blessed for obeying him. 
Yeah, I've I mean, just look, not met that person. I guess this morning, um, you know, Peter, he he was a barman. He was a famous. Uh, yes, he was bar- actually internationally famous. He didn't mention that. Yeah, he, he didn't mention internet. he was internationally famous for doing all kinds of like a cocktail mixing and mixology and throwing the bottles in the air, that kind of thing. And uh, he'd studied it for years, and he was you know at the top of his game when he became a Christian. Yeah. And uh, and walk, you know walked away from it all, and God gave him a whole new career that he's mm-hmm. much more happy in. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, been doing it for 25 years and mm-hmm. just absolutely loving it yep, it's and uh, passionate about it. And, and, you know, there's nothing better than having a career and a work and something that you are absolutely passionate about. So it's a shame that the, the story we read about Demetrius is not one of his conversion and the way the Lord used him thereafter. It's one where he starts a riot and, uh, and kicks in his heels. And Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a different story. Could have been a very different story. But we have a very different story coming up in tomorrow's subject where we're going to go back to Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at that passage in 7 through 13. We've already looked at it once before. We're going to look at it again. Not tomorrow, next week. Oh, yeah. Yes, next week. It's Friday. <laughs> it is. It's Friday. It's the weekend. <laughs> yes. I'm preaching at Maitland tomorrow. What should I preach on? Uh, how about you preach about these movie tickets we're giving away? <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. Very shortly, we'll be giving away uh, tickets to go see Tortured for Christ, the new Voice of the uh, Martyrs movie happening tomorrow night down in Sydney in Rhodes. If you want tickets, get your finger on your phone. Get ready. We're going to be giving them away very shortly. Here's a song. Now, this is James Rainwater with what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble? should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrows share Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak in heaven? 
Fantastic food, fun, friends, and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in, and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Multicultural Adventist Church on Newcastle Road in Wallsend, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Test our thoughts and our 
Welcome back, guys. That was uh, Keith and Kristen Getty with Speak O Lord. You're listening to Faith FM, and we have come to question of the day time. Yes, question of the day. Okay, Lyle, I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm so excited about this one. <laughs> okay, the question that has come in is, what is a Jesuit? Okay, so this is an interesting question. A lot of people have been asking this in the last few years because, of course, Pope Francis is a Jesuit. So a Jesuit is... A member of the Society of Jesus, which is an order within the Roman Catholic Church. And so it is to consider the history of this particular order, where it is, and why so many people are particularly interested in it, is not just because our current Pope is a Jesuit, it's because uh, this is an order that uh, has been very controversial down through history. Yeah, and you say where it is, I know where it is, it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Okay, so let me give you a brief, brief rundown of some history of the Jesuit order. It was founded in the year 1534 by a man by the name of Ignatius Loyola. Mm-hmm. He was a Spanish general. He was wounded in battle so that he could never fight again. And so he decided to form a paramilitary wing of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, a deeply spiritual ring, you know, uh, wing. It was, um, you know, they had the, the spiritual exercises, of course, of Ignatius Loyola are very famous today, and used by a lot of um, evangelical churches, even. But this was initially it was a paramilitary wing. Its purpose was to get rid of heretics, and so this is at the time when the Great Reformation of the 16th century is springing up. Protestants are exploding throughout the world in much the same way as we've been talking about in the Book of Acts. Christianity has been exploding. Protestantism is doing this, and so they 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 create this new order um, of extremely intelligent people of extremely dedicated people. It begins fairly small, but then its numbers explode and it goes throughout the whole world. It becomes incredibly controversial because it involves itself very, very deeply in politics, uh, in bloodshed, in uh, secret operations, behind the scenes, uh, manoeuvring, regime change. You know, all of these kind of things were uh, things that the Jesuit order became involved in. So it's kind of like the doing point. the dirty work of the church, the church wish it could do, but... Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it still describes that today as that, uh, you know, the Jesuits are sent to all of the problem areas in the world. That, okay. that's, that's their specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, uh, if we come down to the year 1773, the Jesuits have become so powerful by that year and so out of control throughout the whole world, that they were actually banned by the Roman Catholic Church. Whoa. Yes, yeah, so that's a pretty heavy move Wait, by the Catholic Church. what do you mean Church. out of control? Well, you know, they were... They, they were uh, just taking over. Just taking over. Okay, yeah. And the Catholic Church was like... Well, actually, the Catholic Church came under a lot of diplomatic pressure mm-hmm. from many, many countries around the world and said, you need to rein these guys in. Mm-hmm. And it was creating so much bad press and the Catholic Church was in such a bad state at this particular period that in an, in an effort to recoup you know, some level of credibility, they banned the Jesuit order. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the Jesuit order is a secret society. It's very difficult to ban a secret society. Not only that, but being a, a, a paramilitary organization, you know, it's not, it doesn't have that direct organic connection that some orders have uh, with the Catholic Church. So they went rogue. They went rogue, they went underground, they came back in the year 1814 and of course it was, uh, let me see here, Pius the Seventh who uh, restored, restored them in the year 1814. And of course they've been around ever since. Now the interesting thing with the Jesuits, I'll just read this statement here. This comes from a uh, historian who wrote uh, The Power 
and Secret of the Jesuits by Rene Fulop Miller. He said, Never before in the course of the world's history had such a society appeared. The old Roman Senate itself did not lay schemes for world domination with greater certainty of success. And so, of course, the Jesuits took a much longer-term view of success and world domination than any other society that existed that's promoting the idea of globalism. And so they concentrated their efforts on education. Now, as we've been noticing over the last uh, couple of Bible studies, education is the most powerful force that there is in the world today. Because if you can change the education of a country in one generation, you've changed that whole society. And of course, the Jesuits recognized this. And of course, they set up schools throughout the world. And so as a result of that, if we look at where we are in our world today, um, you know, major political leaders, uh, typically about a third of our front bench here in Australia, um, studied in Jesuit schools. Um, in the United States, you have a very similar situation. If you, uh, you know, of course, um, um, Donald Trump studied in a Jesuit school. If you go to Barack Obama, his, um, his Chicago mentor, uh, Gregory Galuzzo was a former Jesuit priest. His speechwriter, John Favreau, was Jesuit trained. His uh, senior military and foreign uh, policy advisor, uh, J. Scott Gration, was Jesuit trained. His deputy communications director, Dan Pfeiffer, was Jesuit trained. His vice president, Joe Biden, former chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations, first Roman Catholic to be vice president, holds a degree from Scranton Jesuit University, and, of course, his son was a paid lobbyist for Scranton. You know, we could go on and on and on. You could go back through the Clinton eras. You could go back through the uh, the Bush eras, and you're going to find all of these same connections. And, of course, now they have uh, actually have their own uh, uh, the pope who is a Jesuit. In the past, of course, you've always had sort of the two popes, the black pope and, and the pope that we see. The black pope was the Jesuit General, of course, he comes under has a military title because this is a military, a paramilitary organization. And it's not just politi- politicians; there's also a bunch of celebrities that are, are Jesuit trained as well. And yeah, we have like yeah, Jesuit. The, the, the impact is the impact on our world is um, is just remarkable. Are we naive to think that these Jesuits aren't up to something still? Okay, so there's if you study the history of the Jesuits, you can find a, a, a tremendous amount of good that has been done in many, many countries by many, many Jesuits. Because they do have charities. They have some wonderful charities. They've done a lot of good. They have uh, you know brought a lot of benefit to many parts of the world. But then you have other you know a, another aspect of this particular order which is incredibly political, and this is where this is where the problem comes in. Whenever you get a a, a, a mixture, mixture of religion and politics together, you're going to have a disaster. And so you've got some records in places, you know, like China and so forth, that are just absolutely horrific how they, how they would go in there and just, you know, wipe out the previous knowledge of Christianity and establish their brand of Christianity. Um, you know, th- there is a reason why so much diplomatic came- pressure came on the Vatican to actually ban this organization. Abraham Lincoln himself spoke about, you know, expelling the entire order from the United States uh, when he was in power. And so, yes, there's a political side to this that has a very nasty underbelly. And, of course, there is a, a another side that we see more often, which is focused on you know, doing a lot of good things in the world. So we can't say that they're all bad. Can't say that they're all good. 
They're a human organization that uh, a little bit scary. But they are out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we've got to keep that in prayer. Thank you so much for answering that, Lyle. Of course, if you have a question, you can contact us here at Faith FM. Our number is 1-800-324-843. You can even text your questions to 0491-064-669. Send us all the questions you got. May God arise And may His foes flee And may His enemies be scattered May God arise And may His foes flee And may His enemies be scattered Listening to Sons of Chorus, Arms 68 with uh, us right here on Faith FM, and we're about to give something away. Yes, whip out your phone, 800 Faith oh, movies, FM. Movies, movies, Time movies, movies. Time to night. go to the movies, get that popcorn popping. 1-800-324-843 with the first person to call us now. We are giving away two tickets to see Tortured for Christ. Join the Breakfast Show hosts in yes, Rhodes we will this be Saturday there. night we will at be the there. movies. Uh, come Sydney. and introduce yourself. Yeah, it's going to be a great Make time. Known to us. Voice of the Martyrs, uh, new film, it, incredible, incredible film, uh, Tortured for Christ. It's a true story based on a true story. Just call us now, get those tickets. Even, do you know what? I'm going to say as much as it's like, even if you don't live in Sydney yourself, call us up, snap up those tickets and oh, send them to a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Even, I don't I'm, I'm going to travel down for it. What are you talking about? I mean, it's Well, not, I'm saying like if someone, in, if someone in Perth is listening, I'm happy for someone in Perth to snap these tickets up and be like, oh, I've got a friend in Sydney and send them to your oh, friend in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, they would yeah. love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So you don't have to be in Sydney to get these. We're not going to ask you your address. Very limited. Email the Sydney them. one is basically booked out. 
Yeah, I was yeah. talking to Voice of the Martyrs yesterday, and they're basically. This could be yeah. the last two tickets, actually. That yeah, we have I, I might it. be. I yeah, might yeah, be. yeah. So give us a call, and uh, and of course we will get them to call you in soon. time call because uh, we we just email them that they're electronic tickets, so don't stress about them reaching you in time on the post or something, whatever. Uh, we can email them straight to you, and then if you uh, are coming yourself, you can just uh, bring your phone or print them out if you like at home, and uh, and just show them on your phone when you enter. Um, or if you're sending them to a friend in Sydney, then you can just email them ahead to your friend as well, or just forward them. So give. Give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. 1-800-324-843. And don't forget, of course, if you would like to study more about the Bible, if you would like to know more about what the Bible says, then give us a call because we would love to connect you with people that can help you with that. One-on-one yes. Bible studies, small groups, correspondence, online, whatever format you'd like. If you'd like to do my course called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call. 1-800-324-843. See you next week. 